background. Can I just test your mic a little? Yeah, for sure. How close do you want me to be? Yeah, that's perfect. This is great. Like, yeah. um, does it pop if I... 20? Okay, okay, so if I go further away like that, is that okay? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll just project a little bit more. Okay, it doesn't peak or anything, right? No, you're, okay. you're the expert of the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I have no idea. Pop in like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know here we are on another episode of the Drunken Ramblings podcast. All this right. year, Ivan in the is house. Joel. And we have our first celebrity. <laughs> oh, gosh. Joshua Simon. Hey, not, not a celebrity. <laughs> oh, my God. Not at all. <laughs> so disappointing. Famous, famous, famous. <laughs> not celebrity not in our eyes. Anything uh, but. No, I, I think that you've done quite a lot, actually, if anyone just Googles you and... But you've also remained very low-key in general. I try to. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is something you don't see often today, I would say. Especially in okay. people our age group or younger than our age group. <laughs> like, the moment they they're like have like a taste of fame, they want everything okay. to do yeah, with boy, it. Yeah. I mean, I had, a, I had that desire, I think, growing up as a kid. You know, but wait, are we around the same age? Yes. Y'all look I very young. Except him, he's a bit younger. I'm 93, so I'm 27. <gasps> okay, yeah, that's, that's okay. We're the same age, he's 91. Yeah. Okay, we're not that far so off. we're all the same generation. Yeah, 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 not yeah. that same far off. Area. Just that <laughs> yeah. you have this aura of like awesomeness around you. Like, what? Dude, like, just, just like a... I don't know how to feel. Maybe it's a celebrity kind of a... Like a star. I've watched your interviews. I've watched your interviews with okay. like Hugh Jackman. You know, The Greatest Showman. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. recent one with Lauf. Dude, I love Lauf. Yeah. I love his song. So it's like, holy shit, you, you really do know a lot of people. And I was like, oh, yeah. And get connected to them and I do yeah, a lot yeah, of interviews. It's very impressive, you know? Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. yeah so, thank you. Anyway, uh, we just want to ask, like, you know, how, how do you come about being a radio DJ? Oh, wow. Okay, the, the actual job thing kind of happened quite accidentally. I went to Nian in film. So I studied mm. film, FMS, number one. Don't believe you could go. Were you guys, anyone from Nian? No? I was. Shout out to Nian. I, I also could tell that you had that something extra. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're JC yeah. kids, right? JC kids, yeah, sorry. I knew it. I could smell the junior college in your room. Yeah, so like um, I, I went to Neon, I went to film, I, I, was re- I, I still love film. I, I grew up with a huge love for cinema and I wanted to write, I wanted to major in directing, so I did all that. Uh, but I was also helping a friend out with his radio homework when he, he was in mass comm. To me, radio was like a really like a straightforward thing, it was a speaker right. mind. And yep. also I was trying to like channel all these radio DJ characters that I've seen in movies through the years so I'd be like girl you won't believe this happened this week <laughs> so I was like I was just channeling all that and writing his script for him and I ended up um, joining Radio Heatwave which is like the CCA that's yeah. like a campus radio station okay. and it became like a like a second home for me you know so whenever like I did badly in class for like sound actually ironically sound was like my worst subject in school Horrible learning all the microphones and it's a lot of stuff. Like bilateral mics, unidirectional mics, and like learning how to patch and everything. So that was I was the, all the technical stuff. I was really bad in school. Mm. So anytime I failed in anything, I would go to the Radio Heatwave, uh, Conti, uh, which used to be at Canteen One, and then Canteen One disappeared, and then it became the Atrium. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, so Radio Heatwave was very important for me. It was like my social life. Uh, and the teacher there, Mario, uh, was really kind. He believed in me. And after the army, he said, hey, there's this radio station, 913. They're looking for a jock. Uh, you should send in your resume. And I'm like, I don't have a resume. Sorry, like, what, what is a jock? Uh, like a radio presenter. The different oh, they terms. Call it a like, yeah, so there's like DJ, like disc okay. jockey. Oh. So radio DJ, uh, so short forms like okay. disc jockey jock. Right. Yeah, so um, you should give it a shot. And by then, like, I had worked at Ben and Jerry scooping ice cream, nice. you know, like <laughs> when I was in Neon. It's like part time yeah, job. Yeah, and and I also worked uh, in a friend's wedding company shooting videos, so okay. I was just like full on doing film stuff. And in the army, I did uh, film units. So I was in SAF film unit. Right. Oh, okay. very different kind of army experience. Wait, how how do you get into the film unit? Like, <laughs> I didn't want to get into the podcast. Okay. Oh no, 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 it's a long story. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> My bad. My bad. I, 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 I said right. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, so I wanted to join MDC okay. as well, and and I didn't get into MDC at a horrendous audition, uh, and um, they put me in. Film unit, which was really strange because I didn't know film unit existed. Yeah, I was so crushed that I didn't get into MDC. Uh, but I think they saw like the film diploma thing and they just like put me in there straight oh, away. Awesome. And it's at Safti, so it's where OCS is. Okay. And uh, the film unit is very different to um, I think the one at Mindef where they have I think it's called DITV. I don't know if it's changed, but that one's more for like pu- you know putting people on the magazine every mm. month and like right. commercials and stuff. Yeah, so marketing stuff. Right. So right. this is more internal. So this is more like the different. Ex- exercises that people go on in New Zealand and I edit everything together to create the army work plan really boring uh, stuff I know but like I was really into that I really like all the technical stuff yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then I, I thought okay sure why not just try out for radio I recorded like a two minute talk set as they call it um, with my garage band on my MacBook no microphone set up nothing I just like talked into my MacBook oh. I sent it to the boss and then he listened to it I think he liked it because he was like, bring down your IC. We're going to hire you. Oh, wow. And then, ta-da, 10 years later. <laughs> so, 10 so years. in other words, you always had a good voice and nice voice. I don't know about <laughs> yeah. good voice, nice I mean, to be perfectly honest, the whole voice thing, like I grew up hating my voice. Uh, I like singing. I like singing a lot. But even then, I, I used to hate my voice because I, uh, I was just telling a friend the other day. Uh, he was like, oh, Josh has such nice buttery vocals. And I'm like, when I was in secondary school, uh, this was around the time. What what is the puberty age for guys? No, that's a good question. Like Eleven, twelve to fifteen, I guess. Right, right around, around that, like secondary school period, yeah. right? Because I remember I was in secondary school. Everyone had started breaking their voice, and they were debuting it in class. They're like, "Eh, yeah. my yeah. voice now very low. Wow, here, here." And I was like, I wanted to be like them, you know, and my voice stayed high. (laughs) And and like a part of me wanted the voice to break, but then a part of me also didn't want the voice to break because I wanted to sound like Michael Jackson, you know, because Michael Jackson has very soft voice and like, you know, another day has gone. He's a very like calm voice, right? (laughs) He sounds like this. So I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to sound like him. And around that time, like all the male singers had really high voices, like Justin Timberlake, Mm. sing this song with me, right? that kind of and I was like I, I, I want to have that like high vocal so I can hit those notes but at the same time I want to fit in in reality so I want to be able to be like hey I'm Josh <laughs> you know so I used to wake up at like before assembly in the morning I like psych myself and be like Trigger your voice is voice. yeah your voice is low your voice is low and I would pretend I would go to class every day hey guys listen my voice is low already yeah oh and then, my god and then oh, something fun wow. will happen in class and I'll be like oh my god really and then like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> you break your mask yeah so like I mean I like okay I like my voice in the sense where my voice 
like changes based on my mood. Um, right. uh, when I'm on a date, it's different as well. You know. Ooh, of course, like, like, yeah, I know. Like like warm, yeah, it's very yeah, yeah, like that as well. <laughs> yeah. Now and I know what's missing. Yeah. So you just gotta take a like calm down, take a deep breath, and then just be like, hey. I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. Oh damn! Damn. Right. damn. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then once I'll you fall for the note. trap, I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> you want to go supper?" <laughs> so um, I mean, like, I like, I like, I like voices. Actually, I mean, I think we all look at each other and we have perceptions of each other based on our impressions when we meet someone on their haircut and everything. Like, right. I feel that way when it comes to people's voices. So I learn a lot about someone from the tone of their voice, the way they breathe. Yeah. So like the first impression you hear that person's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's very interesting. Yeah. Actually. It's yeah. also kind of weird to people because like I'm on Tinder and I'll be like, hey, you want to do a phone call? It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> everyone's, yeah. Just, yeah. everyone's just like, do you have Telegram? Yeah, and I'm exactly. like, oh boy. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a big phone call person. I like I learn a lot from someone through their voice. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I'm the opposite. Like the girl asked like, hey, can we have a phone call now? I'll start freaking out. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> why? Um, why? Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, great. This is, you're the perfect example. It's perfect specimen for this. <laughs> yeah. why, why are you so afraid of people? people's voices i don't know i felt like it's like jumping five steps forward you know like really? s- suddenly it gets a lot more personal when uh, the thing about tinder is it's very impersonal right in the right, yeah. right okay and suddenly yeah. you're suddenly Actually, sounding like a player man i i i, I wish i was all the for me yeah well i don't know i think most people i think singaporeans in yeah. general they are just kind of shy and they yeah. don't like to uh, when, you, when you answer a call they're like oh who's this like if you they pick up a phone they're like oh they're like pretty skeptical right right yeah phone. so especially if you don't speak well for people they are even more hesitant to pick up the phone and uh-huh. yeah especially if people's english are not so yeah, good. exactly right they're, exactly they're very insecure about it yeah 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 i can i can see why but i mean i, I think it always goes back to like the first time you're a kid in class right mm. and like i don't know if it's the first day but it's sort of that first impression of you being in class and then you having a thought and wanting to say something and then your teacher telling you to keep quiet or you know it's your parents maybe it's your parents were the first one who tell you to not share your opinion and that you're a child and you should just listen to the authority head yeah you know and i've always been like i was surrounded by so many different authority heads to a point where i decided to just rebel at a very very early on age so that so that's why i've always learned to speak up i've always learned to be like why can't Mm. i ask you a question what's your best rebellion story oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know if it's just an instance because there were so many different like i guess highlights or beats in that uh story of rebellion but it's it's, uh I, i think rebellion continues on throughout the rest of your life right uh and and rebellion in what sense right it's like your individuality your individuality it's it's who you are as a person and then you then realizing that it opposes society or what people are telling you mm-hmm. and then you start to think but no something's not right because i don't believe it it doesn't make sense to me you know so then the rebellion kind of kicks in like people think rebellion equals like tattoos and like drinking and doing drugs you know i I think rebellion rebellion starts in the quiet moments Mm -hmm. you know when when someone tells you shh you know but then you're like why why shush you know and uh so so uh all my life i've kind of rebelled and and a lot of magical things happen through rebellion and i like the quiet rebellion not so much the angry yelling this is yeah not the disruptive type you know but more of the not the disruptive type but the um the the one where we're like let's actually talk about this yeah yeah i mean you have a discussion yeah i i I never saw a way forward Mm. 
with destruction and tearing things down. Mm. Even though there needs to be some sort of like conflict for things to move forward, yeah. it's that conversation that comes after the conflict yeah. that makes progress, you know? Yeah, I think being firm is important, but you, but being firm doesn't mean you have to like raise your fists or anything right. like that or raise your voice, you know? Yeah. Did anyone like place expectations on you when you were younger? Like your parents maybe oh. wanted you to. Uh, the I mean, that's Asian a pretty normal parents, thing. Right? Yeah, doctor, all of us, all yeah, of us had expectations. Yeah. I think, uh, and and uh, I, I think for the longest time, I used to be angry at people's expectations of me and be like, you know, my parents wanted this, and therefore I'm a victim of that because mm. I'm not that, you know. Mm. And for the rest of my life, you know, I, I go down this route of even though great things can happen in my life, I just still go back to, oh, you know, all that is because I was a victim to people expecting this from me, and then I had to. To prove them wrong I had to put them put a uh, hundred thousand dollars in their hands for them to realize that they made a mistake you know that I can make it on my own when I do what I love but like the truth is like the, the expectations are there because they cared about you right yeah. if they if they never cared about you like if you have a child right you're gonna want to protect that child and want the best for that child yeah. and based on your experiences of what you've gone through in life and the things that you tried getting and you couldn't as well you then put it on your kid those expectations you know so on one hand yes i had a lot of expectations uh placed on me as a child but i think it was also because they didn't know what else to do Right. You know, because they had so much expectations placed on them. It, so, it is the way. Yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's how it is for everyone. It's a it's cycle. In the past, yeah. yeah. So what kind of expectations your parents had on you? Well, I was, the, I was the only son. Oh. Let's start with that. You know, I was oh. the only son to carry on the family name. <laughs> Look, uh, you can see how, how that turned out. Oh, you have sisters. <laughs> I have two yeah. sisters. I'm the middle child. And they had so much expectations for the boy. You know, they named him. Um, uh, my parents named me Joshua. Uh, and uh, my Indian name is Jayaraj, mm. uh, which means victorious king. Wow. wow. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> on, on your way. Girl. <laughs> Simon is the man. Is my, Simon's my my, my last name is my dad's name. Simon is the guy who carries Jesus' cross. Uh, a little hint there already. So, yeah, I grew up in a very Christian household. Mm. My dad's a pastor. Uh, so expectations upon expectations you know he's the one son he's going to carry on the family name you know we raised him in a church so he's his life is going to be edifying in god's eyes he's the pastor's son wow. yeah, so yeah, he will yeah, be the yeah. template for yeah, all other boy. parents to follow wow. what happened next right he ended up not doing medical school or law school <laughs> or anything like that he ended up going into music and film and entertainment uh which was the devil's work you know that was mm. all i was told everything was the devil work and then um or what they call it the secular world um that's how they would say mm -hmm. it in church the secular world and then he has new tattoo i just got a new tattoo and my mom still freaks out all the time and <laughs> what is it uh this is a scene from lost in translation i mean it's healing now nice. but um I mean, the irony is that all my tattoos are all like really vulnerable things. This is from Jojo Rabbit. Oh. Uh, it's like they're all like really like cartoony things that I put on, and they're all like childlike, I guess, um, which I kind of find ironic and nice. Um, and then I'm gay, so like there's more and more things of just like not meeting expectations, you know. Yeah, must and your parents accepted. All this, um, I think. I think they are accepting every single day. Mm. Um, I was telling another friend of mine recently that uh, when you come out of the closet or you tell your parents anything, mm. it is uh, based on what their knowledge is of that. Mm. You know, like if you nice. come out as gay to your parents, 
what is gay to your parents first? You know, uh, the first time I heard what gay was, I was watching, as a child, I was watching A Bug's Life and there was this ladybug uh, who was a has pretty a ladybug but has a really yeah. man voice. <laughs> you know? Something. Yeah, and then my, my, um, my family friend said, uh, oh, this is a gay uh, this is a gay, you know. Mm. Then I'm like, what is gay? Gay uh, is a man uh, who dress up as a woman. <laughs> oh, so that was a perception of gay. Yeah, so, th- so that's what I thought gay was. And oh. then I thought after that, someone then told me in secondary school, um, there, there was a PE teacher that I had. His name is Scott. And I was, I was in a green secondary school. I don't think he teaches anymore. He lives in China now with his partner. Um, and he was like the most handsome man I've ever seen. And I wasn't attracted to him per se, but I was just more of like the insecure kid and wanting to be handsome myself because yeah. everyone had girlfriends already, had their states at their 14 like, did, years did of age. you you were gay back then? Or? I mean, he, I, I didn't know I was gay, okay. you know? Um, but I think... Like I was into dance and choir, you know, so the foundation was set, <laughs> you know, the runway was there. Um, and uh, but I, I did ask him like, hey, don't you have a girlfriend? You know, you're so handsome. All the girls in class likes you. Mm. And he, he told me um, I have a boyfriend. And then I froze. Nice. I was like, huh? Joe. Because we all sounded like that. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> how come you're gay? You're so handsome. Isn't it that gays cannot get any girl? That's why they end up with guys. Oh, See, all these weird warped perceptions that I had as a kid growing up, you know? So it took a long time for me to kind of like figure out, not only like unlearn a lot of things that life kind of told me, but back to my point about coming out to your parents and um, them not knowing what you're coming out with, right? There's a perception that um, all gay men are just like really promiscuous, Mm. you know, or, oh, my son came out as gay. He's going to get HIV now. You know, he's going to be, he's going to have AIDS tomorrow uh, or he's going to start cross-dressing. You know, they have all these weird perceptions and all that from media and you can start tracing those things. Um, But when it comes to has my parents accepted me yet, the first phase of coming out to them, I mean, my coming out story is quite interesting, but um, we're not going to get into that. But like, uh, so they got through that initial shock, right? Um, How does it then lead to everyday life? That's the part that we're in right now, which is still a bit rocky. Mm. How long has it been? It's been two years. Two it's years. been two years. Uh, it came out. I didn't. I didn't actually come out. Okay, I was forced out. June twenty oh. fifth, wow. twenty eighteen. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, I'm sure you can remember every single detail on that day and how you were feeling, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember when I followed all of. I mean, followed you first mm. time. I mean, I don't know whether you were gay or not. I don't think you came out back then. So it must have been a wh- while back. Was it um, sort of like a requirement or expectation to keep it like under? Mm, no, not really. I think I, I think I was just always kind of like figuring myself out. I think mm. I identified as bi for a long time oh, okay. because I did like girls at the start. Like when I was in secondary school, oh, okay. primary school, I had crushes on girls. Uh, secondary school it was Diana I was obsessed with this girl Diana she's a Diana. dancer shout out to Diana shout nice out to name. Diana <laughs> she's married now <laughs> okay. oh, oh, right. very very happy for her she was like so so beautiful and then in Polly I had a crush on this girl Rachel who's like one of my bestest friends right now this was with her a couple of days ago um, and and then after even after when I was like 19 20 years old I had a crush on this other girl Hannah but even then I was still kind of curious you know mm-hmm. I was just like I was curious more about the relationship part like can I actually love a guy 
you know, um, if it is possible. Mm. I'm curious whether or not I'd be able to do that. Um, but I was always flamboyant. Like I was always into choir and dance and I always liked um, strong, empowering women. You know, I was always more Xena than Hercules, more Chun-Li than Ryu, yes. more Kitana than Liu Kang. I was always more that. <laughs> and um, so I liked all those things to begin with. And then after, I think after when I was like 19 or 20 years old I started dating my first boyfriend uh, we were together for two years and I was like yeah actually I think I'm gay yeah I, I, I can only see myself with a guy now okay so, Interesting. Um, so it, it was a journey it, it wasn't something that was like immediate for me when was uh, sorry when was the exact moment that you kind of knew that you were gay because you were in kind of like that transition phase trying mm. to explore yourself right I mean I don't know if there was an exact moment I don't know it if there was like a, a wake up kind of oh wait I kind of no like I mean when I was I think I was like 15 or 16 years old. Um, stuff happened between me and my, my friend. But we were like bros. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we were like playing like games, vi- like video games at my house. Had a sleepover. Yeah. And then right. we just kind of naturally fold around. But he had a girlfriend. So that was like a, oh crap. That was the first experience. That must be really confusing. It was very, very confusing. But it was confusing for him. But it was also confusing for me. Because I remember right after that, I freaked out. Like I went to church and I asked people to pray for me because mm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be gay. I'm going to be gay. I'm scared. I'm scared. Um, so that was the first. Oh, I had not even thought of that in a really long time. But yeah, that was the, the first time I think I kind of naturally, it, it kind of happened mm. where I felt drawn to a guy. But it wasn't even like, I mean, the sexual thing, I mean, us fooling around at, at, at that age, you know, we were young. We met at church, mm. you know. Um, but I think also we were drawn to each other as friends first. Yeah. And then I, th- I think we just felt like we could be there for each other. And then the, the whatever fooling around happened very naturally from mm. there, you know, but then we were so afraid of what society would say about that. So we kind of like shushed it. And then yep, it's that fear, right? Of like yeah. what others would think of you if you came out. Like yeah. That. And also like, I mean, when, when I was 15, so that's like 15 years ago, right? The, the kind of representation we had was like almost non-existent mm-hmm. and everything was like R21 like I, I think 2005 maybe we had Brokeback Mountain then yeah. and even that film right. itself that was, was crazy for everyone yeah yeah when Brokeback Mountain came out everyone was like freaking out it's like it's Heath Ledger and yeah. Jake Yulenhall yeah. in a movie like that it's like what <laughs> but even then it was two men in denial right it was it was two men who also had their own wives in, in the characters and they right. had their own yeah. wives and they were like we don't know what this is and so, it was a good movie That's fantastic a, it, movie yeah. And I realized, like, when I wanted to watch it, so many people around me was like, why you want to watch it? You right. Know, it's gay. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I was judged for, like, wanting to watch it. Yeah, anyway. but it was a really, really powerful film. And I think I was also, like, won over by, like, Anne Hathaway and Michelle Williams' mm. character of, like, wives amazing movie, dealing actually. with what yeah. if my husband has this attraction with this random cowboy guy that he meets up with. Um, so, so I mean, that whole period, I didn't, I couldn't identify myself in anyone. So I didn't have a template to follow of how a relationship should be. I didn't have any kind of sex education yeah. um, at that age as well of like how to treat a guy or what does this mm. mean, you know. So, so that's why I, 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 I was just confused, you know. And the tricky thing about the gay community in Singapore, especially with 377A, is uh, like the trickle down effects of it, right? Because they can say like, you know, it's not enforced and stuff like that and fine, you know. But th- because of that stigma, yeah. there's no sex education. There isn't that family to go into 
um, there isn't like a proper path. Everyone's still figuring their way around. Right. So the only thing you have is what? A club. So you go into your first gay club, gay bar when you turn 18 and you think, oh, this is my family. But then it's its own different meat market, right? Everyone has preferences. Right. It's like being back in secondary school, it's you know? Yeah, it's man. a club. Yeah. It's it's a like a strange community club, you know, and, and you find yourself lost. And so that's why I started the gay podcast recently. So like I launched a podcast a month and a half ago two months ago which is um just a podcast for us to just talk about life lessons love mm-hmm. dating uh, a very very wholesome show um it's it's kind of like a podcast version of queer eye in my mind <laughs> where you have like yeah. different members yeah. you know and and each of us specialize in different things and we all come in with our different perspectives and stories and reflect on it um like a wholesome platform you know and and hopefully like if i was a kid growing up and i had a podcast like that that helped me to figure out what is it like to go on a first date you know or how do i navigate army and stuff like that like i would have greatly benefited from that so i don't have like back to your question like i don't have a specific moment of this is the moment i knew i was gay like i had little suspicions i had different like attractions to different guys i didn't know how much of it was just me wanting to be a closer friend to him i didn't know um, whether it was just a sexual thing you know but even if it was a sexual thing you know like you have an attraction to a guy who also had a girlfriend and you know it's wrong at the same time because you're doing wrong by the girlfriend as well so i felt very very lost and very confused at that age and i had no one to talk to about it except just going to church and pray it over. <laughs> pray, right? So, so like, no one was there to sort of help me unpack what had just happened and how do I then now deal with it, you know? And at a point of time, the only thing that came to your mind was, like, this is wrong, this is wrong. Like, I cannot do yeah. anything. Yeah, and I think till today, especially in Singapore, there isn't many avenues for most people. Exactly. Yeah. As progressive as we like to think we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's scary. Like, I haven't thought about that mm. since, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, I kind of like blocked it out of my mind yeah, for, for a while. I think your podcast is amazing because uh, for me, I'm usually very indifferent to this issue. Like it doesn't affect me. I know people are, are, people can get very heated over this issue. But for me, it's, it doesn't affect me. I, I don't really care. Yeah. So I stay ignorant. But when I went to check out your podcast, I w- I, the things that I listen, uh, it, it kind of really enlightened me like oh this are actually think back right yeah these are actually legit issues that that we should address and people people's whole life can be affected by by you know their sexual preference and we cannot just like like close one eye and take such a such a rigid stance on it yeah because there's so many layers right religion family yeah for sure yeah i mean i mean the podcast when i i was very careful about the tone of the podcast you know because mm. you know i don't know how much of it is stereotype but you put three gay men together with microphone it's gonna be fabulous and colorful and it is that yeah. you know but you also think oh maybe they're just gonna gossip and bitch about other people in the community put down other people or talk up really hot guys like we're not doing that i was very very clear to say that those Things are already being done, you know, <laughs> on an everyday thing, and and, yeah. and, and, and it adds to the stereotype. Yeah, I mean, do whatever you want, and yeah. I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna knock anyone for it, you know. But like, I feel right now there is a gap for uh, a gay podcast for everyone, so straight people can listen to it, yeah. allies yes. can listen to it, uh, homophobes can listen to it as well. Please, like, listen to it. Anyone can listen to it and just hear that we are actual people. Yeah. You know, we have feelings, we have thoughts, we're also not sure, we're still figuring ourselves out, we're just here to just kind of 
because for the longest time we've kind of been silenced you know like yeah. you have to change your pronouns and pretend that you're talking about a girl when you're, it's about a guy and and all those nuances are are, are affected as well uh, don't, don't mind me asking because i don't think we know much about what Mm. Gay people probably needed to go through like like you just mentioned changing the pronouns. Right. What what other things that gay people usually face or oh. the community usually face? In, in what sense? Like, like for example, having to change the pronoun of a, a relationship. Oh, right. As in, like um, when we try to sort of like fit in in society, Correct. the kind of censorship yeah. that happens exactly. to us. Oh wow, that's yeah, on various fronts. Because we are pretty ignorant about it, I think, because yeah. we don't face it. Right, it's on various fronts. I mean, you kind of censor yourself in everyday life, anyway. It's not just with a microphone, right? It's like if someone's asked, like Chinese New Year is like, "Who are you dating right now?" You already have to censor yourself. Yeah. You know, um, your parents ask you, where, "Where did you go last night?" You have to censor yourself. You know, even with yourself, you censor yourself. You know, um, and and you don't know if what you're like back to when I was fifteen. You don't know what's happening. You don't know whether. Um, what, was it just like a sexual thing? Was it just a, like a phase that you'll just go through? Was it just two guys experimenting? You know, um, you're constantly sort of. I think the the word I'm looking for is shame. Right? There's a level of shame that blankets everything in the gay experience. When anything is hidden in the dark, a level of shame kind of metastasizes like bacteria. It grows. It grows in all aspects of your life, and it, that one tiny little secret becomes your biggest secret yeah. in the world, right? And affects your self-esteem. It affects your confidence. If you were bullied because of this secret, you will then bully other people as well. There's a high chance that you'll bully other people. Um, if you felt like you were the weird one who was gay, then you might also end up you know overcompensating you know you end up working out at the gym like crazy being the big buff guy and then you put down other people who are fat or, or more feminine mm -hmm. or if someone said that you uh, were very feminine in school then now you change your voice you change yourself and then you pick on the drag queens you pick on the trans community you pick on anyone who's a bit more feminine you pick on you know so like all these microaggressions then come in all because of shame, all because of silencing your truth. You know, if you could just live your authentic lives and say, yeah, I'm dating a guy. He's great. Let me tell you about this without anyone going, eee, I don't want to hear about it. You know, if you could just be yourself and say what you want and watch shows where you could say, yeah, that guy's like me. That guy's like me. The number of romantic comedies we've had to watch as gay men or women, you know, um, to, to then try to like identify with the female character, like, oh yeah, I'm actually Bridget Jones. You know, I'm actually right. like yeah. that. But it's never been just that. We've never been able to, so many guys can look at a movie and be like, I'm John Travolta, or I wanna be John Travolta in Greece. You know, like, I wanna be this, I wanna be, I wanna be Thor, I wanna be this and that. We, we've never had that. And mm. even if we have had that, it will always be the side character that makes jokes, mm. who will be the comic relief. Yeah. We never get to be the protagonist. We never get to have our own love stories told until recently. So movies like Love Simon is very important. Movies like Call Me By Your Name is very important, you know. Queer as Folk, there's all these wonderful Milk. shows, Milk, Harvey Milk, you know, so all these movies through the years, Moonlight winning Best Picture, all that triumph. So like Moonlight was very important for the black community, right? Yeah. Where where um, the kind of prejudice is much mm. uh, more intense. It's intensified as well within uh, the black community. So that's in the US. And I think the only one that probably was from a long time ago is Will and Grace. But, Ooh, for, yeah. but that doesn't 
for some reason that didn't grow big. Right. Know? I mean, also, I mean, there were gay characters also. I mean, like on Friends, you know, on like different sitcoms and stuff like that. I mean, whether or not it was like very fairly portrayed or not, that was also kind of censored a bit. I think when I was in Polly, the show that became big was Glee, and oh, yeah. Glee was an R twenty one show. And back then, when people would still go and rent DVDs and stuff, it won't, like certain episodes or seasons won't come out on Even DVD. Even today, R twenty one. Oh yeah, like on Netflix. Like, like if you watch Modern Family. Right, right, right. Yeah, Modern Family. Family's already, Yeah, I remember like in Poly period, like man. Modern yeah. Family was big <laughs> when it came to representation. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it it took a it took Lady Gaga, you know, <laughs> to like help. I, I guess you know it took Madonna. It took all these different artists to keep talking about you know Trevor Project. It gets better, yeah. you know, bullying, all that bit by bit. All these artists coming out saying you know I am gay. I'm coming out of the closet. Like Ricky Martin was another big one. Oh, yeah. you know? Like in the '90s, every woman, everyone was like, I want to be like a piece of him. Yeah. yeah, you want a piece of Ricky Martin. And then when he came out as gay, I'm like, of course he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Are you kidding me? You know, but like, I'm curious as well. Like, if Ricky Martin were to put up music today as, you know, would it be He Bangs? <laughs> you know, like, I'm curious. Like, I really yeah. would be because it's like he sang from a female perspective, but I don't, as in, fall like that gaze. But I'm like, I don't think he cared about. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to know. Yeah, I'm like yeah. curious. Because he was such a like a like a sex symbol, I guess. Yeah, yeah right? he was. It was a very big one. Very strange. It's the style yeah. also. Mm. He's sexy, la, The guy. Yeah, He's a sexy, yeah, yeah. like a samba kind of style. Yeah. yeah. So every then, every bit of representation helped. There's this stereotype, you know, like we see in the movies, we see in the TV shows yeah. that all gays are flamboyant. They're very expressive with their hands, like yeah. and talk like, oh hi, you know, and like like super like flowery things. But you know that's not true, right? There are some gays who are actually very manly. They are like. Um, they they don't talk with a very high voice. They keep it very low, but they are still gay, right? So it's not not all gays have that flowery vibe to them. Well, I mean, I think, I think all stereotypes stem from some truth, right? Mm, yeah. Um, all stereotypes stem from some truth. So I'm not gonna be the the one who knocks stereotypes and be like, no, not all of us are like that. There are a lot of us who are like that, <laughs> and we're also like that because it's fun, it's yeah, fabulous, exactly, and yeah. it's our it's, way of rebelling against that so much masculinity energy and, and yeah, yeah, like why not? You know, like you expect someone who has already gone through that level of shame and all that, you know, and not knowing who they yourself. are. Yeah. At yeah. The end of the day. And then if we want to just be a walking firework, why not? You know, like, go ahead and be that. You know, yeah. And then there are guys who are also a bit stiffer. You know, there are a lot of guys who are, who, are, who have different backgrounds and different personalities mm. and stuff like that. And nor no should they feel any kind of pressure to be flamboyant or you have to like a Whitney Houston song because you're gay. <laughs> like, you don't have to. Yeah. It's fine. It's the same thing for straight people. It's the same thing for any kind of person. I feel like humans are... Are multifaceted. I, I think they're they're all very very. They're constantly growing if they want to, constantly evolving if they want to. Yeah. They can be very unique if they want to be, or they can be very pedestrian and they mm. can be another kind of stereotype that'll be there that that probably already exists. You know, it just depends on how much you wanna how much you wanna actively be involved with what life throws at you to question things or participate to to engage in it rather than run away. You know, so yeah. I'm not I'm not so much concerned about like what is the exact percentage of gay men who are flamboyant or whatever and how much mm. of a stereotype because like there are a lot of flamboyant people I mean like I can be very very flamboyant but there but I'm not also also not flamboyant 24-7 like yeah. if you really anger me like the the times where I have been angry angry my voice drops super low without me having to try oh shit like it's scary 
like it's not funny kind of thing. Like I will be change into a very un- unrecognizable oh. and it's a very natural thing. Why? Yeah, because I can, that is I can imagine. A very un- yeah, and like I, I think it's the same for you as well. Like you seem like a very quiet, timid person, but if someone yes. would really anger you, you are very unrecognizable as well. Well, you take out the whip ready though. <laughs> the He's one never been time angry. I got angry, and that was in office over the phone. Like I was literally like. My voice turned into a growl. Yeah. It was, <laughs> everyone around me was just scared yeah. after that. Yeah. Quite, uh, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, a, it's yeah. also terrifying. Like, mm. the, the first time that came out of me was to my ex boyfriend, like my very first boyfriend. Mm. I was so angry at him for something, and I became this completely different person. And I shocked myself. I was scared of myself, you know. So where did that flamboyant Josh go? You thought he was going to be like, you are very angry. Like, I was not there at all. I was a very different person. And that's the thing. Like, humans, it's very hard to box someone up, you know. Because based on what you go through and where you are and what you're reacting to, you change, you know. And and people will constantly surprise each other. And the, the problem with the gay stereotype is that people will categorize you and stereotype you in a very rigid box. Right. With that the label as gay, mm. and they don't see that that you know there's a lot more to the person behind just that stereotype. Just so, human yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's a. It's a I, I think stereotype being someone is lazy, um, but like, um, I mean, it takes work, right? It takes work for you to to even already go beyond a first impression of someone. Right. Yeah. Like, they right. judge you, and then they, you know they don't bother finding out more about you anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, it reminds me of like a experience i was talking to my friend about kids mm. and she was saying how she's really afraid of having kids okay because what if one of them turns out gay okay and i'm like okay <laughs> you're a little too because she's younger than me so i'm like you're a bit too young to be thinking this way <laughs> mm. but tell me why what don't you like about gay people and she couldn't tell me and the only thing she could really say is like what if somebody on the street sees you together you know sees that your son is gay then i'm like so you don't really hate gay people. You're just afraid of what people think of you. Right. And I think that's what most people are, you know. Um, yeah, like I have a really, really close friend of mine. Um, and I love this girl to bits, right? She's a really, really close friend of mine. I love her, love her, love her so much. And she shared that, you know, if her daughter or her son becomes, when it becomes gay or is gay, if her son or daughter, however they want to identify, um, is not straight, like she would be very upset. She'd be very upset because she, the exact words would be, I'll be very sad, I'll be very sad. And I think she said that around the same thing, which was that I'm worried for the life that she will have, you know. Um, and I mean, I can understand. I can empathize, but I also think it's also always going ahead of yourself. Mm. It's, 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 to me, it's on the same tangent as like, if my son doesn't become a doctor, I'm going to be very sad. I'm worried what kind of life he'll lead. There's so many other magical things that can happen as well. He might find another passion in his life and be really, really interested in that. You know, Um, you might think, oh, you know, I'm worried because this, I mean, you're worried. Why? Because like discrimination for sure. Right. Um, Life going to be tough for sure maybe not be able to get married for sure all these things yeah but those are things that you pick with society it's not with the sun itself if your environment was very different if your environment was one where they can flourish and they can live their best life their authentic life the way they want to great no fear yeah so actually it's got nothing to do with your child and and who they are it's got to do with society and, and the environment that then makes you feel that way you know we are lucky enough 
I'm not saying it's enough, but like we're lucky enough at this moment to have 377A not be um, something that is um, enforced. But if Singapore were to be a country where they did enforce that, and someone tells me after that, I'm worried that my son or daughter is gay, justify what? Mm. Right? True. That's, that's very true. How's that yeah. not justified? True what? I wouldn't want that child to go through any kind of actual harm, like physical harm. Like yeah. prosecution. Yeah, the, actual yeah. prosecution if something would have happened to them. 100%. So I don't think it's wrong for your friend to feel that the reason mm. why that friend is feeling that is because of the environment. So she now needs to be very clear that her gripe is with the environment, not with the sexuality, not with the child. Yeah. It, it's like that thing where I think everyone faces this whereby... You see someone looking your way and you think that they're judging you for something. Like, oh right. shit, maybe my hair is yeah, yeah. ugly or whatever. But actually, they just like your t-shirt or something. Yeah. You'd never know. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's so sad, don't you think? Like, we are so concerned with what others think about us mm-hmm. and like what society deems about us instead of focusing on the real thing, which is the happiness of our own self or our child, for example. Yeah. Mm. I, mean, th- th- I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, we can say that we don't want to focus on what other people think of us. But, but it's a lot harder than it sounds like. Right? Yeah, when yeah. other people is in charge of running the world, when other people are in yeah. charge of your rights, when other people are in charge of what is deemed right or wrong or edifying to God or edifying to society or this is the traditional family or the household and this is anything else is an abomination. So when other people have positions of power where they can then decide that what you're going through is an abomination, then you kind of have no choice but to actually think about other people because other people decide it's your fate, right? Yeah. So um, so I, I, I think it's a matter of um, helping these other people realize that, you know, that they're not messing with people who are just confused or messing with people who um, the lives that they're, they're um, in charge of or that they should be accounting for are, are actual people with brains. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are actual people, you know. Um, yeah. Mm. Not lesser than. I, I think the assumption that some people have is that, you know, gay people are like almost corrupted in the mind. Like there's something off, that there's mm. a screw loose. Mm. There, there's something wrong with their brains and therefore we just don't mess with them. They just live their life. But there's still that other, there's still that divide between you and I uh, that you are of a certain type yeah. and you are beneath me. You know, like I won't throw a stone at you, but I'd rather you not come into my house. Yeah, yeah. you know. So there's still that divide. That's still, there, yeah. that's still very much there. Yeah. Are you guys okay? Your faces are all red. Oh, yeah. you, know, for, you know, you said you, you were Asian gonna flush. get drunk first, but then you ended up having. You did, not, you did not. drink. Oh, I, I, mean, I drank. I already drank one one bottle. We, you guys didn't even see just now. The liar. Really? Yeah. Ernie's face is red. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe the, the okay. mood now is a, a bit tense, a bit serious. Maybe we like to lighten up the mood. <laughs> sure. No, I, I mean, this is light for me. I mean, like, it's. I mean, it's what I deal no, it's with. Real, so. it's, it's yeah, real. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just, what are your plans for the future? Like, <laughs> what are you plan to do? You want to go into heavy things now? Okay. <laughs> um, what are my plans for the future? I have no plans for the future. No plans whatsoever. I used to be the man with the plan. I used to how, have. How about like? I mean, I I reached out to you because you started the podcast, right? And I I personally always followed the, I would I would say the gay community to try and know what's going on and educate myself. Okay. And. So that's why I found the podcast very fascinating. Okay. And go on. He's taking a photo yeah. in the background. And something that so Joel's I taking a photo is in the really needed, right. you know? Yeah. So especially like I told you, the the army episode. You know? Uh, when you guys spoke about it, I'm like, Oh, I wanted to hear 
like three hours of this because I feel that so many men in Singapore go through this experience. Yeah. And then when we see someone like, oh, a little flamboyant, right. they, they tend to get bullied in the army especially. Yeah. You know, and I feel that those stories really need to be talked about and in a weird way normalized so yeah. that people don't see it as a very bad thing. Yeah. You know, especially in those situations in army, you know, yeah. it's government, it's male, it's testosterone filled and all that. Yeah. Well, we are we are um, but three people um, among thousands of gay men and women who have gone through national service. Yeah. You know, um, I think more for the men, right? Uh, compulsory national service, at least. So, thousands of different men that have gone through national service and and had to make do, and their stories are all very different. And um, our, our our three individual stories, um, tiny tiny little spec of a tip of an iceberg of what the reality is for other people um, as well. Um, I, I mean, I think more than just the bullying, I think it's also the things that people don't realize are, are, are painful. Like the number of times I've, it's not even army, you know, it's gaming as well. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big oh, gamer. I'm oh a very, nice. very big gamer. The number of time people call each other faggots. Oh yeah. Okay. The number of time people say that and, it's not even about the oh Josh can say you can't all that kind of bullshit like yeah. I don't like that word being used because if you can use it in front of me you're probably using it 10 times more when I'm yeah. not around right um, and, and it's normal to say oh my god dude that's so gay all the time and yeah. they're like bro I don't mean it that way man you know I love you Josh and I'm like yeah but when you say the word gay like that that's that's my sexuality you know mm. but you're saying it in a negative sense yeah. you're not saying it in a positive sense you're 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 making fun of something. You're saying gay, and maybe you're you've got your definition figured out, but other people may not have, yeah. and they're gonna listen to you saying that and think that that's okay, and and you're passing that word around. The number of times someone has called me faggot in Mortal Kombat online, like is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's people, the game you you're playing now. I'm a huge more. I'm a huge more. I'm a very competitive <laughs> Mortal Kombat player. Wow. Like, I'm actually like re I can kick anyone's ass in Mortal Kombat. Like I'm super serious. I'm very very technical. It's a challenge open to anyone. Very does. very technical. Um and like the number of times even the N word was used on me, um is is disgusting. You know and like in the in in the army it was a lot of that. It was don't drop your soap around this person. Uh, yeah. You know or I wonder if there are any gay guys here. You know like. It's shit like that that people don't realize yeah. is so homophobic and very, very hateful um, that is passed around and people don't realize that. So when people say there's no such thing as discrimination against the gay community and all that, I, I call bullshit, you know, because it's very normal. Yeah. To know what is discrimination, you have to actually recognize it first. It's been swept under the rug for yeah. so many years that you don't realize that we have been discriminated against. Um, so, the, I mean, the army episode was tough. Um and and if it was already tough for us, you can't imagine the how much more painful it must have been for a lot of other people who actually bravely declared. Yep. You know, none of us, I don't think any of us, the three of us from the SG boys declared that we were gay. I didn't declare because I was still figuring myself out. Yep. I thought about it, you know, I, I was what, nineteen twenty, and at that point I was like there was this girl Hannah, right? I was still really in love with Hannah, you know, but I also felt like maybe I'm bi. I don't think there was an option there. At a point of time, did anybody sort of suspect that you were gay already? Or like oh, dude, like, I, I, people thought I was gay even before I was gay. Like, even before I knew I was gay. Even before I had any thought of gay. Like, yeah. when I was in secondary one, the, the rugby boys already called me bapo. You know, right. they called me gay and all that. And, like, why is it? Like because I joined choir. Yeah. 
So okay, okay. okay. Maybe, maybe <laughs> what I like the hell's wrong with choir? Okay, every school is different in this. Yeah, sense, every yeah. like I went to like a, a neighborhood school in Bukit Panjang, right? And and as long as you're not in the rugby team, and I wanted to join dance. And and I want to join the choir. Why did I join the choir? It had nothing to do with gay. Exactly. Yeah. It was because I was in a church choir growing up, yeah. and I like singing. Mm. Why did I join the dance club? Because in my mind, Step Up had just come out. You got Surf, Honey, Save the Last Dance, Billy nice. Elliot, yeah. all those badass dance movies. And I I grew up watching Michael Jackson, so I wanted to move like Michael Jackson. So I joined the dance club, and then all of a sudden now dance became whoa, it's so cool, it's a badass thing to do. But when I was in secondary school, like it was not. Like, if you join dance club, you're gay. Yeah. You know, if you like film and stuff, you're gay. Everything is gay. If my voice was high, I'm gay. You know, so I was called gay and suspected to be gay even before I, I even processed gay. All I cared about was going to school, joining CCAs, Doing the things and that going you home, love, right? and that's, that's it. it. And playing yeah. Diablo exactly. One and shit. You know, like oh, I had, awesome. yeah, I was like playing. I was all this all I was playing Final Fantasy and all that shit. And I'm just I was like a normal kid. Yeah. Who just wanted to do these things, but then everyone just picked up on all these things that made me different, and then like, like, just lowered me to that denominator before I could even figure out what gay was. Yeah. So it's really strange. Yeah. Now actually, maybe I'd like to share something—a little fun fact about me. Fun fact. So for the longest time, you know, uh, ever since okay, I went to secondary school, right? Okay. After secondary school, went to poly, went to and after poly, went to JS, uh, went to uh, uni, then went to work. Yeah. So in every phase of my life. Every group that I meet, they will always ask me whether I'm gay. Mm. Number one, okay, secondary school, I joined choir as well. I love to nice. sing as well. Yeah, nice. so I was in basketball. After that, I joined choir. Yeah. And because, you know, I mean, I just love to sing. So what's wrong with singing? Okay. Right, you, you singing means that you're gay. I don't yeah. even get that link. Yeah. So people just come up to me like, hey, you gay? Ah? Like, why? Why am I gay? Like, oh, you join choir, you sing, sing. You not like that, man. And just yeah. because I'm pretty exp- expressive, you know, I like yeah. to talk with my, f- hand, my hands. Yeah. I like to make people laugh. I like to be like kind of the center of attention. So I'm the class clown in, uh, yeah. when I was in secondary school. And because of this, because I'm not like the normal guy who keeps to himself, right. I'm more expressive. They always straight away deem me as gay. Right. You know, I say like, oh, you got boyfriend. Or, oh, you don't have girlfriend means you're gay. Lah, right. Kind of thing. Yeah. And when I went to poly, it got even worse because... I was even more expressive then. I like to I like to sing in class. I like to shout a lot, and I'm quite touchy with my friends, especially right. guy I like to hold them together. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I'm gay. I just yeah. express my emotions through touch. Yeah, you know, I like to grab my friends like, "Hey, bro," that kind of thing. Yeah. But people just don't understand it. Yeah. And is that, is that why you stopped singing? Actually, no. Gee, but <laughs> I've been trying to get him to sing because Aww. he has a good voice. Okay. But he's always like, eh, no. Very on the fence, you know. Yeah. But he, he has a talent for it. Yeah. I, I, try, I try. He's not going for it, you know. Okay. And <laughs> I, okay, one more thing. And I think that, you know, the word flamboyant and all those things, right? It's, I don't see why it's people deem it as a bad thing. To me, it's, it's expressive. Mm. You know, you're expressing your emotions and it's positivity. Yeah. It's one word positivity. So yeah. when I do it, I find that people tend to be attracted to positivity. So you tend to have a lot of friends. I'm sure it goes the same for you as well. You know? Yeah. Right. It's just, people have this stigma that if you are somewhat different, they'll label you somewhat differently. Yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. So like part of me wants to empathize with these people you know, because whatever they're throwing onto you is whatever they have. I mean, whatever they threw onto you, everything that they said to you yeah. about your voice, about your touch, about how you interact, how your your attitudes, your flamboyance, everything. It didn't come from you. It came from them. You just were. Yeah. You just were those things. Yeah. You just like choir because like I just like me, I was exactly. all those things. Yeah. But then someone then took all those descriptions and adjectives or whatever it is and threw that onto me. 
and then now I had to carry that shit all around mm. for years and then I, I have to end up being a victim to it you know so like there's a part of me that like wants to empathize and realize that it was completely separate like they called you these things because that was their impression of whatever different was with their lack of vocabulary lack of exposure to how vast this world can be how unique people can be you know so part of me wants to empathize a part of me also just wants to like oh <laughs> to all these people um but i think yeah you're not you know you're not that's it you know and like also your sexuality is like what you do with your penis it's what you do with your heart you yeah. know it's that's it you know but i don't it's become like a culture it's become stereotype it's become all these different things like you can be all those things and gay, but then also it, that the conversation doesn't end there. It's like, what kind of gay? Yeah. <laughs> but also like, what color is your hair? And what, what, what color is the sky? You know, there are all these different things to constantly learn about someone and the world. So gay thing is just like, just like one thing yeah. about a person anyway. Exactly. It doesn't like define you at all. It's like, I don't define straight people by their straightness <laughs> you know like you know yeah, if, if like yeah. the most interesting thing about you guys is that you're straight like how lame is that exactly you know yeah. you're really understanding as a person i think like every every little story we brought up i think you manage to see it in a very different perspective yeah. which is i think that's great for us like, i mean especially <laughs> well thank you but like i mean that came from also i wasn't always right you know mm. there was there was definitely uh especially early on uh, where I would be angry at the people who bullied mm. me. I used to be angry at society, and I used to like always just want to take down the system and all that kind of shit. You know, uh, no empathy whatsoever for another perspective. But like, I think it is important to, from a gamer's perspective, mm. a gamer perspective, in order to take on a beast, you have to learn the beast. You have to understand the beast that you're fighting. I'm a big Soulsborne player, so I'm a big like Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne. Oh, nice! It's one of the hottest games to yeah. ever play. <laughs> Um, you actually so complete the game, by the way. Yes. Oh wow! I'm okay, playing Demon Souls right now <laughs> on the PlayStation Five. Um, so uh, yeah, PlayStation. I have a PlayStation Five. Five. I, repeat, <laughs> I repeat. I have PlayStation Five. Um, so in order for you to fight the beast, you have to study the beast and understand the beast and know how to fight the beast, right? I think even for let's say American politics, for example, you know, um, especially this year, we've had a lot of uh, divide in the U.S. and and you can just say, oh, it's just America, but no, we feel the effects here as well. And and we are whatever celebrity that we're following also kind of echoes whatever sentiment or political party they follow. You know, I. I have been watching a lot of Donald Trump stuff. I've been watching a lot of Candace Owens stuff. I've been watching a lot of Ben Shapiro and Caitlin Bennett. Um, people that you normally would never hear about if you follow yeah. like, you know, the, the liberal the party, side, you know, yeah. the left side, right? Um, and, and like Candace Owens has said a bunch of shit that I don't agree with. You know, the whole manly men thing, bring back manly men and she totally goes against what uh, you just brought up, Joel. Like, uh, no, flamboyance is definitely a disgusting thing, she says. You know, like men are supposed to be tough and manly yeah, they're men. supposed to be men and, and Ben Shapiro says, you know, like Harry Styles dressing up as a woman is a joke. It's comical. I don't agree with that shit, but I want to hear them say it. I want to know why they say that. I want to understand what shaped their minds, you know? And I think a lot of people are afraid to, to, to look at both sides. I've always looked at my side. I've always looked at people who are in my circle and people that I relate to and understand. Uh, but now I want to hear other people's side as well. I want to hear um, the perspective from a homophobe, you know. I, I, I want to hear all that, you know, because I want to understand and try to help me. Everything is information for me. Whether you're, you're, you relate to me or you don't relate to me, whether we have similarities or not, every single thing is information. It helps me understand the yep. world that I'm 
I'm living in, right? So the more you give me, the more you're able to actually engage in something and give me something. If you're just gonna be hurling insults at me nonstop, no then I'm not gonna get anything from you. Right. You know what I mean? Like this is, is a lost cause. I can't do shit. Yeah, I'm not supposed. Like if you're fighting a boss who's just doing shit that you know you cannot beat, then you're just not gonna. You know what I mean? You're just gonna walk away, right? right. So that means the boss is you're meant to lose, and then the cutscene yeah. comes on. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're just supposed to like this is not the path. I'm yeah. not supposed to go through this path until much later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't fight this dragon. You know, like the HP is too high. There's no way. You know, so like if I'm faced with someone like that, then I just know okay, this is not gonna be useful at all. You know, but I like to watch a little bit of everything to try to understand it. It deepens as well your beliefs. It deepens. Um, like I. Uh, some people believe they were born gay, you know, and, 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 and the conversation continues to grow about pronouns. And I'm, I'm also still trying to learn, you know, and yeah. and I, unfortunately, the templates that we follow are all from the West, you know, um, because we don't have that growth here, mm. that consciousness here to be like, no, from now on, there's also gender non-conforming. You know, there are many times here in this whole interview where I've said men or women, men or women, and someone can look at that and go like, oh wait, he didn't talk about the people who don't identify. You know, but I only learned about not identifying um, uh, with a particular gender for, uh, uh, gender assignment or sex assignment. See, I'm still learning all these yeah. things. Yeah. This and it's year, not easy. Only it's this not year. Easy. And so how did I learn? There, right? How did I learn? I learned from social media. I learned from, how did I learn to say they, I, I learned from Sam Smith who, who came out uh, and, and now identifies as non-binary. Yeah. You know, so now when I go on radio, I say they released their new album. Nice. Oh, you yeah. know, and I've chosen to say that because it's got nothing to do with sexuality. That's his gender that mm. he identifies they sorry see they identify with you know yeah. so i'm still learning all these things and everything that we're getting is cues from the west you know it would be yeah. so nice if we have some cues here in singapore as well yeah. um so but in order for us to get there we must be able to speak we must be able to be heard you know so every little bit helps like the podcast helps as well uh, any any kind of platform that we can come on and, and grow and, and share yeah. you know i'm i'm from like a very small circle of people here oh, yeah. in singapore yeah have you, have you faced a lot of um, hate, I would say, since you started the podcast? No, I wouldn't say hate, but like we had like, like um, our newest episode that just came out um, is called Not Just the Two of Us. Um, that's a really good episode to jump on. If you have never heard the podcast, you've got eight episodes out of the SG Boys. Um, the newest one, episode eight, is a great one for you to jump on and listen to it because it's quite, it'll raise several eyebrows. Um, we interview Paul Ung. He's this guy who has been in a throuple. Okay. For about six years now, I think his first boyfriend, uh, James, they had they were together for ten years, and then oh. six years in, they found another guy, Ian. So okay. they became a double, and now it's on its way to being a quad, oh, a wow. four-way relationship. So we interview him, and even as gay men, <laughs> like the Twitter, <laughs> the Twitter world yesterday that, when it came out, you had a lot of gay men going on Twitter saying these people are trying to tarnish and challenge traditional healthy gay relationships. So I'm like, that's the shit they used to say about us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like word for word, that's the kind of shit, you know, and now we're putting it on them, you know, but once again, like the podcast itself is not the voice of truth. We are just speaking our truth of yeah. where we were at that point, you know, and Paul is going to continue to change and grow and figure himself out. Yeah. The and, and I'm sure you get that as well on this podcast. People saying, hey, I wish I edit this. I wish I said this you listen back to the podcast i wish i mm. i added more you know and and it's very simple to just look at one thing and just be like you are now boxed up drunken ramblings exactly. will forever just be this one episode that i happen to listen to it's not 
fair you know yeah. people are constantly growing and changing and evolving um so i think that episode is definitely worth episode eight right episode eight, eight, eight not yeah. just the two of us really really interesting episode all right I'll definitely check it out all right super interesting yeah. I thank think. you gotta check it out one thing as yeah. a radio dj are you able to say whatever you want to do they no censor <laughs> absolutely not especially in singapore right oh to add on to that like i mean if it's okay to talk about it like sure. how how did the studio or whoever your bosses are deal with you starting a gay podcast um well well the whole ted talk the whole ted talk thing last year kind of like kicked me out of that i mean like it kind of if there were any doubts of joshua simon being gay not there were any to begin with since he was 14 or 15 (laughs) um but like now everyone knows i'm gay like they read about me being gay like on the straits times on vice on bbc and i'm not just name dropping but like that's like the reality of it, right? Yeah, I'm and, and now by the way, you're on Wikipedia, you know, if you didn't know. It. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. You can edit that yourself yeah. as well. But like, <laughs> not like the, it's not the Forbes list, you know, like, but like, um, every, it's not public, actual public knowledge that I'm gay, yeah. you know, um, which is fine, right? It's actually also kind of worked out in my favor in the sense where I don't have to come out anymore. I can be just, I can just be gay and just be like, yeah. I am out, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I, I told my boss, this is something that I'm very passionate about. So adding on to the whole radio thing, um, they don't censor me. I censor myself. Oh. I censor myself because I'm very aware of the contract that I signed and I'm very aware of um, the IMDA rules. Uh, and the rules are if it's free-to-air radio, you're not supposed to talk about um, anything that is not meant to... Yeah. Any, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a free to air radio, yeah. um, and these are the traditional family values and based on the Singapore law system. This is what it is. So, I don't agree with it, you know. But I, this is my job, yeah. and my job on the radio is to talk about entertainment, to talk about my life, you know, to talk about the music and and and, and entertain people, and that's it. I'm not not every word that comes out of my, my mouth has to be gay 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 you yeah, know yeah. Um, and, and if they don't have to know about my love life fine they don't have to know, my, know about my love life and I think it's a two way thing it was the same thing with the TED talk you know it's like um, Joshua got kicked out he didn't get to do the TED talk or he pulled out whatever it may be but also no one got to hear my TED talk yeah. you know what I mean so it's actually two people that lost you know what I mean yeah. y'all lost out as well because I had a great story to tell and now y'all never sure. get to hear it you know so, so it's not just me who lost out so I look at it that way when I'm not not allowed to speak my truth and share about what my date was like then you don't get to hear how my date was like yeah. so it's a two-way thing so i don't share um about the dates that i go on and stuff like that and if i really feel compelled to do so i just i just say the date the date the date over and over and over again so anyone who kind of can <laughs> sense why i'm not saying she like yeah, i'm pretty yeah. sure you can yeah. tell my date where it was like this you know so um so, so you're very careful that. with your words. I am really, very careful yeah. about that, you know. So like I do I I, I, I do wanna get paid and I do think that I wanna be able to provide for myself and my friends and family so I will have a job. Yeah. You know, I'm surviving, I'm doing what I can in a world that does not in a country that does not accept me to be my through authentic authentic self at this moment. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I started the podcast. Oh. Because the I was like, you. Yeah. So I said that I am gonna do the show that I wish I could have done 
every day nice. on radio, you know? And that is fine. My radio show is also very different. You know, my radio show is where I geek out about entertainment news and it's a fantastic show. But the gay podcast is something else. It's where you can be like 100% authentic yourself. Yeah, so I actually spoke to my boss and I said, this is something that I'm very passionate about. You know that I am very passionate about this. After the whole TED Talk thing, you can read my Wikipedia, like what Joel said. <laughs> um, I'm going to do it with or without your approval. Oh, nice. You know, I'm just letting you know. I'm not asking you. I'm giving you a heads up. Yeah, I'm giving you a heads up. I'm going to do this. Um, And you're just going to have to trust that when I say I'm going to do it, it's not going to be exploitative. I'm not going on this podcast and challenging the government and then criticizing the government and yelling. This is not my focus. My focus is inward to the community. We don't have sex education. We don't have a template to follow. We don't have a family that we can come into. Um, And there are a lot of people because of that. uh, it, It there's no it's very hard to navigate yeah um when when you when everyone is keeping quiet you know so that's what i'm doing this podcast is for the people in the community um so that they can listen and be like yeah i can relate to that and and when you hear someone else talk like that maybe you can talk about it as well and you can open up as well and not feel so ashamed about your story um and your doubts and your fears and stuff like that so that's what the podcast is Awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you have a nice understanding boss. Mm. Yeah. Really. Because yeah. it's something that I was, it, it was top of mind, you know, like how did you get to do it while working yeah. there? Yeah. And I thanked him for it. And I got teary eyed when I thanked him. I said like, like you, you could have been a boss who said no. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. You could have said no. Yeah. And guess what? The loss would actually be yeah. in your favor. You know, yeah. you can absolutely say, no, you're not allowed to do this. I can totally fire you, you know. Um, but he chose not to. He nice. was an ally. Amazing. And every... I mean, of course, my experience is not reflective of other people, even within the company, but like where I'm at with my job, my reality is every single boss of that I've worked with in radio has been an ally. Every single one of nice. them. That's the moment great. the TED Talk thing happened, I went to work. The number of people who... I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know like maybe interns, you know, assistants yeah. of whatever who read about it came up to me and asked if I'm okay. Like that was beautiful, yeah. you know. Yeah, but that TED Talk thing was just bullshit, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but it's in the past. Well, you know? Yeah, but like yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not angry about it, you know. I'm not, I'm not angry about yeah. it, you know. It, it's disappointing. It was, yeah. it was more disappointing than anything, especially because it was for the youths. It was. I mean. Yeah. I, I just thought, like, with the TEDx thing, for me, it was... So, the whole coming out thing happened 2018, right? And exactly one year later, I'm supposed to do this TED Talk. Exactly one year later, on that same night after I do the TED Talk, I'm performing at Pink Dot. So, oh, I wow. kind of romanticized it in my mind. I looked at it as the universe is making me do this. And yeah. this is my full circle moment for all the pain that I've gone through in my life. I'm supposed to do this talk. And TED Talks have helped me in my, my life. It helped save my life. Listening to other people's TED Talks, you know, because when I was going through the shit, I would just YouTube the thing that I'm feeling. So, I'll just go to YouTube. I'll type, I feel like killing myself. And then there'll be a TED Talk about someone talking about them surviving suicide, yeah. suicidal ideation, mm, you know, or um, I, I feel so alone, loneliness, or um, I keep thinking about my ex, or whatever it may be, there's always a TED Talk available for that. So it became very, very important for me and having ra- been raised in a church, you know, where it was always listening to like a pastor or whatever. So this became sort of my, my new version of that. So to then 
put that out to the universe that wish that someday I'll do a TED talk and then that opportunity comes. Yeah. So I thought this was mine. I thought this was how it's supposed to be. So when, when it was then sort of threatened, you know, that dream, I was more disappointed than anything with like, oh, I thought this was going to be my full circle moment, you know, um, and I got worried and my, my mental health started getting bad. Actually, I didn't talk about it a lot right after that because I thought, oh, crap. I still require more work. I thought this story is done, you know. I thought like, you know, I can look at this as the Grammy that you win and then life becomes good after that, you know, but then there was still more work that needed to be yeah. done and that was really painful for me and I also didn't want to get angry at the whole TED Talk thing because that kind of, like, that's the last thing I want. You know, I don't want to re be remembered for the guy who's then angry at, like, mm. this whole situation. I don't want to remember, like, I didn't go on a social media and, like, attack, like, yeah. Singapore Poly, yeah. you know, because even in that statement when I wrote it, uh, I, I said, like, I'm not angry. This is just what yeah. happened, you know? And and uh, I was baffled by what happened after, but I just kept quiet. Like, yeah, I just kind of retreated. It. It I just really kind of retreated well. after that. I was just like, I mean, I learned from another author, right? Byron Katie. She was like, um, defense is sort of the first action to war, you know? So, like, the moment I started defending myself, it's going to be all out war. And that's, like, the last thing I want, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just want my full circle moment, and that's it, yeah. you know? Yeah, but it's disappointing, because TED Talk, you're meant to talk about such things. Yeah, I mean, it's a TEDx, open. so it's, yeah. it's organized by the students. So I can't do anything it's about it. It's their loss, honestly. I, I really want to hear his story, you know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I would have it would be an amazing it. story. Yeah. Well, in a future yeah. episode of the SG Boys. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Which I actually think, which I actually think is going to be... Um, I mean, it's not the TED Talk, but the, the part that they wanted me to censor, um, uh, that I, which then made me decide to pull out the whole coming out thing, that is going to be the episode that we're going to do on the SG Boys on 2021, because we've been wanting to do that episode for a while. Yeah. Um, but here's a little scoop. Great. Um, All right. One of the SG Boys, we had to delay the podcast release date that very first episode because he had not come out to his parents oh uh, so he just came out to his parents while the sg boy show is running so oh, damn pressure so it's tough so it's been tough so like my story is ready uh one of my other sg boys um co-hosts he's still going through it he's still figuring things out every day with his family so we're waiting for the right time to do that um, it's kind of strange, right? To come out like thirty plus years old, or, but yeah, you never stop yeah. coming out. You always yeah. constantly no, come out. Yeah. yeah, you always hear like stories of people who are like our parents' age who are right. still like hidden in many yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's to me that's more sad in a way. I mean, you you, you try your best to understand. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a product of it, their time kind of right. thing. Right. But like, imagine how they must be feeling inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to feel sorry for anyone who doesn't want us to feel sorry for them. But yeah. like, I think that uh, I also have a batch of empathy for people like that. Um, I mean, you go onto these gay dating apps sometimes and then you meet someone who's got wife and kids and yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Right? The number of times before I've been on Grinder and someone says he's got a wife you know it's actually a lot more common than you think right it is which yeah. is really sad because he has to lie about it yeah. you know what I mean he got to lie his entire yeah. life right. his whole life yeah, is, yeah. His, his, his so on like life. one hand I don't want to feed into that and be a, I don't want to participate in mm. this engagement Actually. 
uh, in this arrangement, whatever it may be, whether his wife knows or not, whatever it is, like, I just don't want to be involved. But, like, he shouldn't have to resort to that. He shouldn't have to resort to that. And the reason why that is so is because of the environment, you know, so it's fucked up. Goes back to that, yeah. Always goes back to that. Other people in control of your rights, essentially. Yeah. Which then shapes culture. Is there anyone in particular you look up to? Oh, there's so many people that I look up to. If you could name maybe just one. I can name you several. <laughs> <laughs> Too many to pick up. Uh, yeah, there's so many, so many people that I look up to. You're I look up to... You're a person. You read a lot. You watch a lot. I, I did, but like I also only started reading like after like things got really rough uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Like Before, I used to make fun of anyone who reads self-help books. I just be like, this is so lame. Also, because I, I grew up in a church, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, anything that, like, that kind of thing, that you should just read the Bible. The Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's just like, go back to the Bible. Don't read all these other people and their ideologies and stuff like that. But then you actually, when you actually do go through the shit, um, books became so precious for me. Like, going to the airport and then looking at whatever book is in the self-help section yeah. and just, like, the headline and just, like, buying that book and reading. So, like, okay, I look up to Oprah Winfrey, but Oprah, not because of the talk show, because I think that kind of preceded yeah. me in my growing years. Um, for me, it was, like, it's the podcast. Like, so, she, so she does um, the Oprah Super Soul Sunday Conversations podcast, which I listen to religiously. And from her podcast, where she brings on different authors and spiritual leaders and stuff like that, that's how I got to know, like, Brene Brown, for example. Um, so she's studies shame and grief oh, uh she studies shame and pride and grief you know uh, she is someone also one of the first i think first motivational speakers to have her own netflix show so oh, it's like a one-off oh, wow. special so it's like a comedy show but like it's motivation so i urge you to go check out Brene brown um eckhart tolle so eckhart tolle is another person like that so he is someone who at like 29 years old woke up in the middle of the night and he had an epiphany right he had that yeah. thank you finally someone who knows Eckhart Tolle uh, so I feel like it's like it's like family when someone knows Eckhart Tolle it's like <laughs> yeah you understand so Eckhart Tolle is this guy when he was 29 he's really old now but like when he was 29 he woke up in the middle of the night with an epiphany he said out loud um, I cannot live with myself and then he realized that there must be two people then I and myself that I cannot live with you know and then he then talked about consciousness which is something that like Buddha talks about you know yeah. so um, so all these different like I, I, I love these authors because they have shaped, shaped where I am now um, different celebrities as well like Joan Rivers you know with you know being a woman and and, and having that kind of humor that's like insulting people but it's so badass and brave I find that incredible so I look up to Joan Rivers Rose McGowan there are all these different people that I look up to all amazing people yeah. yeah all amazing people and then in my own real life you know, that's my boss. Like he passed away recently, so I looked oh, up I'm to him. Sorry, yeah. No, it's like yeah. So he's he's the guy who gave me my job in radio, uh, the one that let's say bring your IC. You know, so like ten he, years back. Maybe. Yeah, and then this year he passed away during like like just like a couple of months ago, like right after the whole phase two thing. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, so that was rough. Yeah, that was really for tough sure. for me because he was the one who gave me my big break and he like mentored my radio show yeah. and he was one of the first ones and the last, oh my gosh, this part kills me. Um, the last Facebook status that he liked was uh, a photo of me dating this guy. So for your boss to go onto your Facebook and like your staff member yeah, who's yeah. your employee who's gay yeah. and he's open about it and he's a radio DJ who should wow. be keeping it secret for him to openly yeah, click yeah, yeah, like it's, it's is badass. Yeah. All right, so that's my ways. boss. Yeah, he's he, always he was, he's an amazing person. Oh yeah, he's always been he's always been like incredible. So um so he passed away this year. I looked up to him a lot. Uh still do. 
So there are a lot of people that look up to her. Look at my mom as well. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look up to everyone. I look up to you guys. I look up <laughs> I'm constantly I, I like looking that, you know? up I like to people. That. I like yeah. That. Like everybody you meet, you know, you everyone. Learn something from them. Everyone. Yeah. You, I look up to the guy selling prata. Like I, have, I look up to everyone because there's always something to look up to about someone. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. If you look closer, there's always something to look up to. They don't have to just I be a celebrity. That, you know, I, love, I love that that attitude. You know, you don't look down on anybody. Just yeah, that's everybody. Yeah. Just everybody yeah. Just something look for the about. thing to praise someone about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then you keep growing that way. Yeah. Yeah. Was this the conversation that you guys thought you were gonna have? I was. Our style is usually more free flowing. Like okay. we don't have any yeah. script, so it's literally it's more yeah. just to know about you as a okay. person. Yeah. yeah. Like like if. I like told them let's have a bit of a spine in yeah. case we had what nothing was the to spine talk about. Like? What was the spine like? Were you guys gonna? Oh, just like, just I told them you have to read up on what he does. Uh, everything like, like that. I'm just happy you guys just did, to know. did some yeah. research. That was nice. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate just, just that. so you don't like sound like oh who are you what have you done before yeah. oh, it's okay you know? yeah. even if that was the case it's okay I'm sure you're so like so before you interview someone you go and read up about it I do yeah it's yeah. sort of a basic respect and courtesy yeah, yeah it's thank you on this yeah. respect I on your show 100% appreciate that because that's what I do for the people that interview we should be thanking you for coming onto yeah. the show it really means a lot to no, us it really means a lot to us I'm just happy like I mean like podcast aside but like any chance there is to have a conversation with people to sit down and actually talk i mean the microphone and the podcast is sort of like the catalyst right yeah. yeah if if this is the reason for it sure but like otherwise if it weren't for this podcast like would i have met you and had the conversation that we've had or you know yeah. like that is that is exciting for me that's all that matters to me you can tell me tomorrow like 200 million people listen to the podcast episode i'll be like great but i have no idea who they are you that's know but true. like all i remember yeah. is the three guys yeah. that i sat with you know what I mean? So it's like, this is all I care about. Like, we're actually having a conversation. That's it. I don't care about the views. I don't care about, like... Oh, you're such no. an amazing person. Yeah, seriously. I love yeah. your perspective. Seriously, to be no. honest. Yeah. Okay, thank you. But, like, it's not... But it's the truth. Like, if you it actually think truth. about it... it like, truth. if you actually think... Okay, let's say, like, this entire, like, season wraps up or whatever for this podcast. Like, what is it you remember? You remember the actual conversations that you right. had with each other, not the yeah. metrics. Yeah, correct. You know, not Absolutely. even, like, the sound quality of it. Like, nothing. You remember the actual conversations because that's what you carry on with you for the next day yeah. so that's what I'll care it's about the relationship that matters right you know? yeah but how many people actually care about that you know how many people actually think about like, like for example like right. you do who care about the relationship of one to one instead of the other things like the metrics or the statistics right. yeah how it's many people do no in, in I Singapore, don't know yeah, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's I don't know. Okay. I mean, I've always felt yeah. weird so I mean I guess not enough <laughs> not enough people because that way yeah, otherwise that would be normal that should be considered be. ordinary yeah. but <laughs> no yeah but all that comes from reflection I think I, I think I've always been someone who reflects on things as much as possible and I challenge not only society but I think a couple of years ago I decided to challenge myself you know and like challenge what I believe as well and try to grow that and not be so afraid yeah. To, to be wrong also that's very true I, I listened to your your episode on the on, on true love mm. I was I was thinking wow these, these guys are so introspective they really <laughs> know how they feel inside in a very deep level so that's well, what I observe yeah okay well that episode was very embarrassing for me because I felt like <laughs> oh my gosh I'm coming off so pathetic <laughs> I'm just like I'm so pathetic in that episode but like uh, oh, but it's good because for listeners like me like I listen and like yeah, that's how I feel. That's how I feel also. Like like you could relate to it because, uh, I mean, you didn't filter at all. You yeah. showed your pathetic self and yeah. 
I showed my pathetic Eddie, self. I'm, I'm going to put that. No, no, no. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Oh, no. no, I'm just Don't, no, I'm, I'm, coating I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. That was hilarious. <laughs> no. Ivan. Hey, you drank a bit too much. Okay, look at him. Uh, your face is so red right now. He thinks I'm going to cancel him. It's the beer, guys. I don't care. It's okay. That was funny. That was funny. You know, like, and and that is that that makes me smile, you know, because it's like you can listen to a podcast, a gay podcast, and be able to listen to three guys talking about men and their relationships or whatever and be able to say I relate to that because that's honestly how we have looked at the straight experience mm. like we have been listening to um, straight people talk about their relationships and watching straight movies with straight characters and blah 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 you know and, and we've had to find how we would identify you know so it is not hard to flip it around right you know? uh, love is love it doesn't matter whether it's you know uh, yeah, whether it's it you know straight or gay or bi you know it's the same you know we're it's dealing same, with people yeah, universal yeah. we're dealing with people that's yeah. it you know people are um, th- there is language that goes beyond the English language you know and, and you know body language even there is like a energy that we kind of just tap into and understand whatever you direct the energy to the source is the same I guess. Well, we did more than one and a half, uh, about one and a half hours. Really? Wow. Yeah. Time flies. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I feel it, right? My podcast is like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah. So, I I, th- I think even though we talked a lot, I, I would say it's a, a different tone. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. But well, I we, think... Yeah, we learn a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think cool. it's, it's all good stuff, yeah. you know. It's never really like crap because we just let it flow yeah and i really appreciate you coming on actually well i really appreciate you guys doing a podcast yeah you know i i was i was i was telling Ern on the way here um that like i think it's great that you guys are just doing a podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's it i mean i find the name hilarious i was telling him like um the 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 drunken drunken ramblings ramblings. right because it's like you assume that drunken ramblings equals like incoherent like slurring (laughs) yeah like people are not gonna know what they're saying but like i was telling him like i was giving him the coffee shop uncle drinking beer uh as an example you know there are many times where they're incoherent but they also do that because there's so much they want to get off their chest yeah and they they don't know who to turn to and then they go there like i watch them right i just sit down and i can speak chinese and i can understand teochew as well my grandmother's teochew so i can listen to a lot of that So like I, I listen to their conversations and I'm like there's so much they they are venting and trying to get off their chest and I feel like there's no one there. Yeah. So like I like that you call it drunken ramblings and ironically like you listen to the episodes that we you've you put out so far. You know like it's important episodes. You know you you you're, you're critiquing culture and society and you're also sharing personal stories and stuff like that. So like I think that's great. Yeah, I like that. Like, I like that there are podcasts and stuff like that going on because that's essentially what it is. It's like the power is changing hands. I think when we all grew up, you know, it was always authority heads. You know, for you to to have a microphone in front of you, you have to earn it. You know, and now you can just go pick up a microphone. And anyone can do it. Start your own account. You know, upload it. You know, share and grow your audience. Learn to market. Learn to PR. Do everything by yourself. Be your own empire. And I find that fascinating because it crumbles the system. But at the same time, yeah, absolutely. But also. Um, you you then hear stories and voices from all around that have been long denied. Like whether it's my podcast or your podcast, it's the same thing. You know, it's a very different format, and I like that you're deciding to do that. That's, yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, for and sure. I, and I really want there to be more conversations between straight people in the community. Okay. 
people don't really hear that, especially our generation growing up. Mm. What we only saw, you know, Jack Neal, and and it's yeah. always negative stuff. Right. You know, they're running away from someone who's like feminine. Right. And, and it's it's bullshit, you know, right. in many ways. And you know, we're here talking normally. You know, it, it, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's. I mean. I mean. Yeah, people. It'll get there. Yeah, Yeah, people. I I, I just think people are fascinating. That's it. Regardless of race, language, religion, sexuality, all that. People are very fascinating. And I feel like if we work together to allow them to be fascinating, the world will be a little bit better. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to end off. But before we end off, the SG Voice is not your first podcast. <gasps> don't bring up the other <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I don't know about the previous one. Oh, shit. But there was only two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dislike how they Learning no, Japanese. No, no, no. Well, it's only like an episode like five now. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was forced to do... Forced, I told you. They forced me to do a podcast. Can we end off in Japanese? Please, please, please. Oh my god, that's fucking amazing. Nice. Yeah. With like your vocal fry like that as well. You can't save yourself. I have a Japanese with Josh podcast, which I started because I was learning Japanese during phase one of our circuit breaker. And this then year. I yeah. Oh. And then I stopped learning Japanese. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, how am I gonna continue this podcast? So I just I stopped recording. And I, oh, that's no. another podcast. <laughs> oh shit. I'm trying to delete it, but it's not deleting. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, before we end off is is there anything you want to talk about um i'm single so if anyone is no i'm kidding um um, not single no i'm very i'm very i'm very single i mean i'm I'm going on dates and stuff i had like a date today that was nice but like i'm single um not like i'm like particularly like i mean i guess i am looking but like i don't know if that's the thing i should do this this is getting weird now um just write in guys whoever you are uh we'll filter we'll filter we'll we'll qc for you but no picture well um anything i want to close with yeah is that no like maybe something you're doing you want to share i mean aside oh like a plug or anything um i mean right now a show um, a movie yeah my my focus oh i am writing a movie while you are researched (laughs) uh i am writing a movie um i'm working on something that i've always kind of dreamt of writing my own book and i've started and stopped different like ideas and concepts and stuff and only recently like a couple of days ago that eureka moment where all of those ideas kind of like amalgamated into one and i realized oh it's a screenplay actually that I'm going to write. I'm going to write a movie. And I started like running it. I mean, usually what happens with every Eureka moment for me is I'll be excited and then I'll go to sleep and then I'll wake up in the morning and see if I still like it. Because if it's lame in the next morning, then I'll forget it, you know? But I woke up and every single day since that, you know, I've I've still really enjoyed the idea and I'm telling people about it and they all get excited as well. So I'm going to write that next year. Hopefully we can travel because my favorite thing is going to Tokyo. Oh, nice. Um, so I, I miss Tokyo dearly so hopefully we can go back um, soon and I am focusing on the podcast and that's about it awesome yeah I'm taking it one day at a time you guys like I wake up every morning and I say the same prayer I'm just like 
grateful to still be here. And like to me, like when I wake up in the morning, for me it's like, a, oh wow, I woke up. That's how I view my Great. life. Nice. It's like, oh wow, I, I I'm awake. You know, I mean that means there must be something. There must be a reason why I'm awake. There has to be something that I'm supposed to experience today. And I've never had a day that was exactly identical to a day that I've lived in my life. You know, so every single that's, that's why when you ask me like, um. What are my plans? Like I don't have any plans because it's like I don't know if I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. If I happen to, then great, you nice know. But rate, at the moment, this is currently what I'm doing. Flow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. I need pee. That's the way to end, need to pee. Yeah. <laughs> end on this note. So don't forget Seven. to check the SG Boys on, yeah. on Spotify oh. podcast. Yeah. And the Drunkard Ramblings podcast. Yeah. All right. Ciao, Cheers, guys. See ya. Yeah.